right, so we've been talking about the guarantor. Uh, we talked about a few things. And then there's a song, uh, A Long Time Coming. But it's, it's two of them, but the one by the whinings. Whinings. You got it? Can you play that for me, please? I just want y'all to hear this song, and then I'm, I'm a, it's going to set the stage for what we're going to talk. It's, it's, I've been listening to this for a, ever. Change is gone. 
You know, that's kind of one of my little uh, meditating theme songs uh, for a long <laughs> to uh, <laughs> really Austin. All right, so he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, mm. <laughs> little fella. All right, so um, uh, not I first heard that song in 1990, maybe 89. Yeah, no, I I heard it after it came out, way after it came out. But I I heard it. I thought it was a new group. Uh, the first Winers album I ever listened to. It was my favorite song on the album, "Straight My Life Out Again." But that song, and through the years, that song is I I've, I've been playing that song through the years. And uh, at the end, it says, you know, hold, it keeps telling you to hold on. Um, and then it. Uh, there's a lyric that says, "The secret the Lord imparts, keep them close to your heart. Don't let them, don't ever let them die. Make them the apple of your eye." Um, and it says Satan is trying to force it loose. Friends are saying, "What's the use?" But you just got to keep holding on because the guarantor has guarantees, and those guarantees are his promises when he's promised things to you. And, and again, you're going through a process, and it seems like it's taking a long time. Uh, scripture says uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2, 2 through 4, 2 through 2 and 3, it says, The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak, it shall express itself. So though it tarry, wait for it, but at the end, uh, it says, Though it tarry, it says, Though it tarry twice, though it takes a while, it seems, it says, uh, uh, Wait for it, it shall surely come to pass. Um, and so God gives us vision if we're locked in or we're sensitive to him or if we're not distracted by the things of the world or clouded by the things of the world or have impaired vision through the things of the world. He gives us vision and that vision is keeping us going in the midst of the, the test, the trials, the circumstances. You know, my wife was sharing about the house and foreclosings. 
Um, and it was like little, it was interesting things, you know. So you're trying to close on a house. And uh, so the first time, I think uh, it was four days before close, closing. We, 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 another trip to Ohio, we was out there. And uh, the, they found a the person had a lien on their, on their, uh, on their uh, credit. Yeah, you know, so four days before closing, so couldn't close. Uh, but then they, they came up with a, they did put something in the contract that the realtor didn't see that the, the house had to be un, unoccupied the day of the clothing. So this is Monday. We found out that on Monday, called our son and said, hey, you got to be out of that house by Thursday. So he's looking for a place to stay. Didn't find one, but we didn't close. But now he's on a hunt to look for a place, which he wasn't before. He was just waiting with that. I'll look when I know you guys are closing because then that way the rent is still being paid. Well, he found a place. We told him he got to take it because he just he just couldn't find a place like that. So that's why for May, we've been believing God to pay the mortgage. But then there was another situation where a young lady, the family loved the house. They brought a, a, a friend. She was a housing inspector. And she saw some shingles on the roof. It was like, nah, this is not worth it. They loved the house, though. And so they just backed off for, through pressure. Uh, then there was another person that loved the house. Uh, I think that's the person where we were. She was single. We were in-house fixing it up. We hadn't even finished. She just came through, loved the house, paid for inspections and all types of stuff. Parents came to see the house and said, this is too much house for you. Uh, just, she backed out. She spent her money and everything. Just backed out. Um, so, so the thing is, but God... My wife kept saying, she said, well, you know, it's not just about us. It's about the person that's believing, the person that's house it is and what they're believing. They have a testimony, too, and they have a testimony, you know. Um, and you could see them sitting at the closing table. They were like, okay, hurry up. Let's get to this part where this, 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 this hours, you know. And it was like, it was like, okay, somebody's cheating us. Like, like, like. We, we getting over. Maybe won't nobody know until we've already closed. You can see it on their face, like, you know, because the house is three times the size of the house they was living in. You know, like, for them, you know, I mean, it was it was the size of the house we were used to, but for them, it's three times the size, so they, they were thrilled. So everybody is relative. You see what I'm saying? Everybody has this. A, a good couple, uh, uh, the guy does prison ministry, but he's a musician. He's a fix-it-all, a fix-it guy, electricity, does IT. The house was already wired for surround sound and stuff like that. He was like, he was like, don't, almost like, don't tell nobody until I get in, you know. So, but, but somebody's on the other side of your testimony. Somebody's on the other side of your story. And as much as God wants to impact you, God wants to impact uh, those lives too. Uh, and so, so it's a long time coming because God takes care of everything. So we're, we're potentially, we're almost overwhelmed here. We're not overwhelmed, but potentially we're almost overwhelmed. And I'm saying from the standpoint of there's so much coming at us. You know, uh, you know we were sharing uh, the testimony of when my, my dad passed about four weeks ago. And, and it was bittersweet as my dad passed, but, but it, was a, it was just a, it's the greatest time I ever had with my family greatest time of healing we still talk you know we still talk like I, I try to call everybody once a week um but some people are excited about the the, the opening so they'll be down here for the opening and then you know after you know we, we closed on the the church 
two well two weeks ago, and then close on the house the next week. Then we spent time with my wife's family the, from Monday through Thursday. Monday through Thursday. So that was a blessing. It was the best time she ever had. Uh, they got together. They've never got together before, but it was healing. But God's taking care of every aspect of life. You know, it's about wholeness. Like exceedingly. Remember when we said, if you can see it, there's more. Because God is always doing exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And he's doing it. And I'm not like, like again, as we've been so busy, it really hasn't totally hit. And I'm, I mean, I get it. You know, if God's doing exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, and you're believing for that, you're like, okay, when is my turn? Uh, or, or, okay, well, give me that now. And, but that's what God's trying to do. That's really what God's trying to do. So, um, because he has some guarantees. This is the thing, like, uh, his promise is his guarantee. And we talked about trusting God, but trust him at his word. We have to get to a point where we're trusting him at his word. And if you think about if somebody gives you a promise or gives you a word and you don't believe it. So if they say, hey, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be there Friday. Uh, we can sign the contract and you can build the units. Uh, again, right now we can only uh, we can only give you seven million dollars because it's going to take us about you know, 45 million to build these units. Um, so that's all we can work with, Terrence, $7 million. You know, I mean, that's all we can make sure your company gets. Right? And uh, they said they're going to be there on Friday. Now, they, is, I give you my word, you have the contract. There's other people in contingencies, and they're more qualified. But for some reason, we're led to work with you. And, and during that same week, you get a whole lot of other considerations, some easier guarantees. You know, uh, somebody's uh, got a $900,000 contract, and they're like, uh, listen, you're the only person we can work with. And then you got somebody else has a million-dollar contract, and they're like, well, basically, right now, you're the only person we can work with. Now, those are more feasible. Those are, you have already had the manpower. But the other person kind of, it seems unbelievable. So, but if you say yes to the 900000 or the million, you're pretty much forfeiting the $7 million contract. Well, the temptation is, well, let me just go with what I know I got. Right? Because I don't know how certain this is. You know, they, yeah, right. They're just going to give me $7 million. Right? But, so you go with this 900000 And the guy shows up calls you like where you at oh you were serious well I gave you my word I gave you my word in, 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 in my business my word means everything so I wasn't playing I was serious about that but, but you talked yourself out of what God had for you because it seemed too good to be true it seemed unbelievable Right, let's go to Isaiah 55. Let's go to Isaiah 55. And see, what I like about what God is doing with this particular word, see, the guarantor is something that we need to recognize at every level. Because yeah, you, just like you had the people with the 900 square foot house believing for 2,700, well, there's somebody with 2,700 believing for 5,000. Well, there's somebody with 9,000 believing for 12,000. Or maybe... There's one person that's trying to just acquire a car or just a car. They need a car. 
which we do, uh, but there's somebody else trying to acquire uh, a 40-unit multiplex. You see what I'm saying? So at every level, we have to believe the guarantor. So it's not like, why am I believing for a 40-unit multiplex and, and, and they believe for a car? Because that's what God has placed on your heart and your vision, right? So, so, so everybody at every, every level, th that's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, dare not to compare yourself with yourself and others. Dare not. It says don't even... Like, it's dangerous to get in a comparison because, again, we don't know people's toil. We don't know people's uh, uh, diligence and discipline. We don't know, as uh, a gentleman told me this week when he found out we had the building, he says, well, you've been, uh, you've been hoeing that ground for a long time. So now someone else might say, well, that's a little bit too soon for you guys uh, you know, at eight years old, but they was they ain't been digging. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's easy to to question if you ain't been digging. You know, uh, some people ain't dug at all. <laughs> all right. So, so I'm saying that to say, uh, let's go to Isaiah 55. Just, just this will all makes sense here because we got to trust. See, the guarantor has some guarantees, but we got to trust him at his word. So uh, we read this the other week by Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. For ye shall uh, go out with joy and be led forth with peace, the mountains and the hills. Um, but I, I wanted to highlight 11. It shall it, it, it'll accomplish what I sent it to do. Drop back uh, about nine, nine uh, chapters to Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46.10. This is our blueprint, blueprint scripture, but we're gonna, it's going to tie in here. This is 46.10. It says, declaring the end from the beginning. So basically the promise and the guarantee from the beginning. As soon as you start out, I've already given you the guarantee of where you're going. It says, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. So I've, I've made guarantees for stuff that hasn't even manifested yet. Saying my counsel shall stand or is a guarantee and I will do all my pleasure. It says calling the ravenous uh, bird from the east and the man that executed my counsel, my word, and my guarantees from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Now, at the beginning, when uh, verse 11 says, calling the ravenous bird from the east and the man that executed my counsel from a far country, what he's saying, whatever it takes to get to what I've guaranteed will happen. See, we know in, in the scripture, uh, uh, Isaiah was, uh, uh, Elijah was, was struggling. He sent a bird to feed him. So that's what he's saying. He says, like, whatever I need to do and what I created to make sure you get my guarantees, I'll do that. And I don't have limited resources. There's, uh, uh, as uh, Paul was told, there's much people in this city. So God has much people, but he needs us to connect to it. He doesn't need us, as Pastor Mel was talking about transition. The tough thing about transition is you can get complacent. Uh, we're going to have a message uh, entitled The Committed. Um, you can get complacent. You can get casual. Uh, you, can, you can become freelance. You can be nonchalant. 
And the thing is, how do you feel when nonchalant people are around you? When you're doing something special to impact somebody, and they go, oh, that's nice. Or let's say God does something and you hear people go, oh, I knew he was going to do that. Whether you knew he was going to do that, that shouldn't change your appreciation for it. See, see, again, sometimes we can be so overconfident. We go, oh, I knew that was going to happen. It, so, I'm sorry, was that a praise? I didn't hear it. Right. <laughs> That's so true. Was that a thank you? Yeah. Right. I, I missed the, the thank you. So no one's uh, doubting your prophetic gift or your word of knowledge or words of wisdom. It was communicated for a level of praise and appreciation. So how do you feel when someone doesn't appreciate what you do? Whether it's your children or your family, you know, at a wise, you know, you spend all day. Uh, this was he used to do in the early days because I was so locked in on pursuing professional basketball, working and coaching at the same time. So I'm on this grind, and I, I, would, I remember, and I worked in corrections. So I would get, I would, I'd be leaving to go home. I was like, listen, I done heard cussing, guys threatening, ready to fight. I said, when I get home, I don't want to hear nothing from nobody. This is, now, I'm in the car saying this to myself. I just need 15 minutes. Matter of fact, I used to be pumping myself up. 15 minutes. All I need is 15 minutes. I just need 15. So by the time I got home, what's in my head? 15 I need 15 minutes. So I get to there. I walk in the door. Hey, hey, baby, you want your slippers? Nah, baby, I'm good. Hey, hey, you want something to eat? No, I'm good. Now, 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 I'm saying everything that came out of my mouth, I'm good. But really, what am I thinking? 15 minutes, man. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, I had enough uh, questions. I just need 15 minutes. Now, behind the scenes, you have this young lady who was like, oh, I miss my baby. Uh, first of all, I have Mike. I was going to get to that. Right? So I miss my baby. So I want to do something special for him. I'm going to fix him a meal. And, and I'm going to have a meal nice and hot. I'm going to time it so when he comes home, the meal is nice and hot and ready to go. Right? But I'm going, I'm good. Well, that means how long you going to be good because the food going to get cold and it ain't going to taste the way, the way I want it to taste, right? But I ain't thinking about all that. I'm just like, I'm good. I'm good. Now, everything she was saying was stuff for me. But I'm like, listen, girl, I'm good. Like, I'm all right. I'll eat it cold. Just give me my 15 minutes. But. She not only wanted to do it for me, she wanted me to feel the impact of her love for me. I'm just trying to lock into my 15 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? So, so but, but, but imagine you do something for your kids. You, yeah, it costs you. Yes, you spent money and time. And, and you sacrifice some things to make sure they got it. Right? And then they get it, and it's almost like they don't care about it. It ain't, that, it ain't even that important. Or they're taking it for granted. Uh, that's nice. I've been waiting for this for a long time. It took you long enough. Yes. <laughs> All the other kids been had this. <sighs> Boy, I don't know what kind of jobs y'all working, but <laughs> y'all need to get the jobs my friends have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because y'all not, not, hey, we, got, we need to stay ahead of my friends. Y'all embarrassing me. Going to school, uh, by the time I get it, it ain't sweet no more. <laughs> this ain't nice. They done came out with the with with the uh with the iPhone 10 now. You done got me an eight. You should say a six for that matter. Right, so so but you just want to be appreciated. 
Now, what do you think, God? Hey, he inhabits the praises of his people. What do you think how, how God feels? He done blessed you. You complaining that you don't have what they have, but you're not appreciating that you have what many don't. Right? Right? Can I get an amen? No, I'm just, <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just joking. All right, so, well, I wasn't joking about praising God. I was joking about the, All right, so, so let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. The Matthew 6 is one of, one of my favorite chapters that I read. Uh, it's part of a, a daily reading, but from time to time, you just want to, like, really get to know God. Read Matthew 6 over and over and over and over again. So, so Matthew 6, and of course the Lord's prayers are here, so that's good just to get a model for how to prayer, pray. Uh, but verse 10 says, uh, eh. well, we'll just start at verse 9. Just, it says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So magnify the Lord is what it's saying. Uh, make him bigger. That's why, you know, y'all might say, uh, Pastor Keith has this habit of uh, starting out prayer a certain way. Lord, lift you up, magnify, exalt you. Well, I'm just going with the model. The model is magnify the Lord first. See, because we keep him big in our sight. We're not changing his size. We're changing our perception of him. Then we look at all situations as mere grains of sand in comparison to God's magnificence. You see, if we magnify the circumstances, we're saying we look at God as a mere grain of sand in comparison to the circumstances. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I'm always, Lord, lift you up, magnify you, and exalt you. Because you're bigger than anything that's happening in my life. Right? You're bigger than any stupid thing I do, too. Right? All right, so, so that's why. So that's the, the model of prayer. I got that if you want to know why I, I do that. I got that from Jesus uh, instructing me as a little brother how to pray. And, and, and then verse 10, it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Key thing is thy will be done. Your guarantees, be gar stay guaranteed in earth as it is in heaven. Right? So we're praying for it to be in earth as it is in heaven. Right? Right? It says, give us this day. This is a key. Our daily bread. So give us this day our daily insight, instructions, and wisdom. Give us this day our daily guarantees. So that means every day, see God, God remember in, uh, my wife teaches this a lot in, uh, in Exodus when the children of Israel was, was in the wilderness, God, uh, he took care of them. So perfect example when he said the raven is, uh, calling the raven his bird, he, he gave them quail in the wilderness. Like there's nothing, they, they, they didn't spend no money, they didn't manufacture it, there's nothing that they could say. All they could say is like we say in our life now is God. So when people ask us, now how did that happen? God. Like we can't like break it down. Any, like we can't come up with, you know, like we're some anointed divine beings. And because of our anointedness, uh, God has uh, manifested the things in our life because we're more anointed or more special than people. Now we can't, we couldn't tell you that. Because then we would have to give you the script. And the only thing we could tell you is God. <laughs> it's just God. Right? So, so that's the thing. When they got the quail um, in the wilderness and the manna, all they could say is God. But when God gave them the manna, he said, okay, 
there was a certain point he says, don't save up when it got to the like six days, six days. Don't save up nothing for the weekend. Eat as much as you want, but don't save none. And some of the people took the bright idea. You know how people do. Hey, well, let's just save this. But why were they saving it? Just in case God don't come through tomorrow. Suggest so the, the fact that they didn't believe God would give them their daily bread. But God set it up where they had to depend on it. Which is how we're supposed to be living anyway. So he said, give us this day. So the scripture says, give us this day our daily bread, our guarantees. So it's a guarantee if you trust me for your needs, I'm going to take care of it. Right? Is it, there's a guarantee. It's guaranteed that God will meet the need, basically. Right? But what happens is you're going to be tempted to go into your head and go, hey, he done came through, but not for this one. So you almost think this one is either too much or too large, too big, or you're undeserving of it. So uh, better, I better cut my losses while I'm ahead. No such thing. He's designed to guarantee you to meet your needs. Right? And so, so if you go here, drop down to verse um, 19. It says, lay not up for yourselves, the, the treasures, what it's saying, don't, don't store stuff, right? The, uh, treasures upon the earth where moth and uh, rust is corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth and rust uh, doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. It says, where, uh, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what it's saying is here, like, listen. Sometimes we, we hoard or we lord or we store or we, uh, you know, like we're hiding stuff like for the next day to come. And God is saying, no, uh, 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 is it Proverbs, I believe it's 1125. I could be wrong, but the generous soul shall be made fat. It says he that, that, that gives bountifully receives bountifully. He that gives sparingly receives sparingly. So what he's saying is, I've designed you to be a river, so I pour stuff into you, and you pour it out into life. But if you start to, 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 to hold stuff back, it's like I'm pouring into you, and you're a dead sea. It stops with you. But I'm using you uh, uh, to impact lives. I'm using you to disperse things, to produce fruit, to benefit uh, my kingdom, to benefit the people in my kingdom, to, be, to benefit those that are connected to you in my kingdom. But sometimes we lose sight of that and we just go, well, just in case God don't come through, I'm going to hold on to this. And you can't be God-given. I heard somebody in this congregation share that recently. And so God is telling us it's a guarantee if you, the, the measure you meet, it shall be measured back to you. Now, uh, that's uh, Luke 6. It says, give one word, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosoms. Luke 6, 38. But he told us to do one thing, give. And everything else, it shall be given unto you. Uh, good measure. So, so what happens is what they would do is they would, they would fill up the sacks back in those days. And so good measure was what we can pour in to fill it up. It says good measure, press down. Then they would press it down. When they wanted you to get more, that ain't enough. See, they, if they was cheating you, they'd be like, all right, it's filled up. Get out of here. But the people that they wanted you to have exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask to think, what they would do is fill it up with good measure, press it down to create more room, right? Pour that in there. 
it says, good measure, pressed down, shaking together. So shaking together so some of the grains would drop in, in, in slots to create more room. Pressed down, shaking together, and then running over. They would, they would fill it up to it overflow to your cup run over. It says, that's how people are going to give back to you because you're generous and you're benevolent, right? But, but the only way you're benevolent and you're generous is you trust in a guarantee. Will guarantee guarantor will guarantee you giving you your daily bread. But if you're worried and taking thought for what you're going to have, it goes down here further. Uh, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Then he says, man, I take care of the, the, the flowers and I take care of the birds. How much more am I going to make sure you take care? You ain't never see a bird like walking around. Yo, bro. Yo, my man. Yo. Yo. I get some seed. Hook a brother up. Yo, man, I just want to go in here, man, get a, you know, get a little drink. You never seen a bird do that. Right? You know, yeah, or, or, you know, I mean, think about it. Just imagine a bird like... Like getting envious and jealous. Oh, he's going to be eating all the time. You know, I ain't got nothing. Y'all just going to forget about us. No, birds just be chilling. Because they know it's going to be taken care of. They ain't going to stores. There's no sales. <laughs> right? Like there's no sales. You know, they're not like, man, if I can get that job, man. Oh, then I can eat. You don't see the birds doing that. Worried about the next job. No, they know. They're provided for. God's saying, how much more am I going to take care of you? I'm guaranteeing you I'm going to take care of you. So don't worry about those things. And then if you drop down here to my favorite part of this chapter, verse 31, it says, therefore, it keeps saying, take no thought. When it says, take no thought, it says, don't worry. And then it says, saying, it says, first it says, don't worry. Then it says, don't even say what you're worrying about, please. You know, because, you know, I learned this a long time ago. A thought unspoken dies unborn. So it's one thing to allow it to, to mess around in your head, but start speaking it out. Well, you know, you're snared by the words of your mouth, Proverbs 6.2. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You definitely don't want to be saying what you're worried about. That ain't good, right? So it says, take no thought saying uh, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or wherewith you shall be clothed. It says, look, look, and then it says, for after these things, eating, uh, drinking, and clothing, do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father know, look, look, your heavenly father knoweth, knoweth that you have need of these things. He's saying, I know you, you got to eat, you got to drink, you got you to gotta be taken care of, you got to have, uh, you got to have your cars and stuff like that. I know you have need of those things. It, look, but then it says, but, I know you need those things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And look, all what? All these things shall be added unto you. It's a guarantee. Oh, all that stuff, I'm... That's my job to provide. Your job is to seek the kingdom first. When you start seeking the things before the king, you're not doing your job. Right? You're trying to do my job. You know, I, you know, I play basketball. I play point guard. So, so I was playing this program. And we had this guy. Uh, don't get offended when you, when you look at this video. But he, he might have been like 6'10", 6'11". But he always wanted to run the point. So one day I pulled him to the side and said, while you're running the point guard position, 
who's playing your position? I, I'm not 6'11". So, 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 something ain't working here. Somebody's, there's a hole missing here. And so God is saying, while you're trying to meet your needs, which is my design, who's seeking the kingdom first? See, see, I already said in my word, I'm looking for worshipers to create an atmosphere for my presence to manifest. And when, and when my presence manifests and my presence is fullness of joy, and, uh, uh, and my right hand pledges forevermore. But I can't manifest because I inhabit the praises and the worship of my people. But I can't do that if you're focused on things, but not the king. Kingdom, right? And so that's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But you can do that when you're trusting the guarantor for his guarantees. The only time you don't do that is when you think the circumstances are greater than what he's guaranteed you. Right? And we don't want to do that. So let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. talking to a friend of mine uh, from Ohio Vince Ivory I just give you a prop sir uh, so we were talking and I was telling him uh, this message but before I even told him what this message is he uh, reminded me of this scripture uh, I'm going to tell you what he said here in a second uh, Psalm 119 I told you that already right let's go to 89 Verse 89, it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is what? Settled in heaven. It says, forever, thy word is settled in heaven. Similar to Isaiah 55, 11, my word won't go out and return to me void. It'll accomplish what I sent it to do. It says, it's settled. It's guaranteed. And so uh, I was talking to Vince, and Vince was like, man, you know, that scripture in Psalms, it says his word is settled. He says, so we lock in to know his word is settled. He said, that's it. He says, we don't need to know anything else. The word is settled. So if the word is settled, it has to come to pass what God said. It's settled. Like God told us, and it's, it's, it's uh, the words that I speak to you, their spirit and his life. It says in John chapter 6, verse 63. Um, I think that's it. Close. Uh, but so it's, it's not just, it's, it's definitely his word, but it's what God says to you through his Holy Spirit. The scripture says the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, show you the guarantees that the guarantor has. Because sometimes when we look through the word, we're looking through carnal lenses, natural lenses, complacency lenses, blurred vision lenses, because we've been smoking, drinking, lusting, and things like that. I'm not saying not to put nobody down, but a lot of those things of the world impairs your vision. Remember we read the scripture in 1 Peter uh, 3, you can't see afar off. And the thing is, when you can't see afar off, you may be comfortable today, but there's a storm coming. But you can't see afar off, so it's easy for you to be complacency and casual and take things for granted. Remember when you, remember the last uh, catastrophe or, 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 or crisis you was in? You remember how you ran to God? And it was like, you didn't want to let them go? You know, like with the kids, I watch the kids, you know, if they're in a fearful situation, they go grab their parents' legs and they ain't letting them go. And they're holding on, like, you know, especially if they're in a situation they, they're, they, you know, they, they don't trust the, the surroundings. They're just holding on to that leg, you know, holding on wherever you go, right? Well, we do that when we're in crisis. We grab hold of God and we won't let them go. Like, nobody has to tell you to come to church. 
I be watching folk be in the parking lot before the doors open. <laughs> nah, I just figured I'd just be in the atmosphere. I just wanted to be in the atmosphere. <laughs> Soak up the atmosphere. <laughs> intercessors be in here praying. They be they they I just I just wanted to sit in the atmosphere of the intercessors. Right. They, they calling in and all the, the, the guy talks, the girl talks. Uh, there's nobody on the prayer line they call it in. I just wanted to I just wanted to soak up the the conversation or the prayers that they pray at five o'clock, even though I know it's it's eight thirty AM. <laughs> Why? Because I'm in a crisis. Now the interesting thing is, what happens when a crisis lifts? Now the crisis reminded you of what you forgot about, right? Right? It just reminded you, whoa, I can't do this without the guarantor. So when a crisis lifts, does that mean you don't need a guarantor? Thank, thank you, sister. Thank, thank you, sister. <laughs> right? So what I'm saying is like, what God is trying to remind us is Never lose sight of the guarantor and his guarantees. Just because it's comfortable now doesn't mean the adversary is not, not, not trying to plan a storm later. And the thing about storms, they're a lot easier handled when you're ready for it. What breaks you down, what crushes you, is when you're overconfident. Taking stuff for granted. Then, it, yeah, it's because. You know, you know, eagles anticipate storms. Do y'all know that? Eagles like, yo, yo. Yo, man, storm coming. We about to go to another level. Because the eagle knows that wind is going to take it to another level. So an eagle see afar off. Eagles know the Our eagle will be sitting around you going, well, you know, a storm's coming. he would be like, man, what are you talking about, man? Sunny skies. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't see that? And you're like, nah, I don't see nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? See, the person that can't see it is a sparrow. Sparrows are always surprised by storms. That's why you see them like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah, they, they, they all are, they, they panic. Right? They, they know they are. They're like, yeah, ah, you know, trying to flap through the thing. You know, uh, you know they, and the eagles sit back, yeah, they got Jimmy again. I told that fool the storm was coming. Didn't believe me. Right? Right, but, but when you are anticipating a storm, not only are you ready for the storm, but you use the storm to elevate. And God is saying, man, you know what? I'm getting tired of the roller coaster ride. I'm getting tired of only seeing you in crisis. Only seeing your commitment, your diligence, and your love for me in crisis. I would love for you to live with me so we can use these storms to go to another level. The average say don't know he's working for us. He's sending the very wind we want to ride to another level. I see it. I watch surfers waiting for waves that other people run from. Like I watch, you watch people on the beach when a wave coming. No, yo, 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 no, no, I'm not going out there. You going out there? No, no, just wait till that wave get by, and then we can go and swim in this little area. But the surfers are like, oh, here it come. We get to ride. The, the, the wave is a toy for the, for the surfers. 
it's the instrument for them to have their excitement on the water. But there's people on that same water that they just wanted to be calm. They don't want nothing bothering them, just want to stay comfortable. So are you a surfer? Or just a spectator on the beach? Are you an eagle or are you a sparrow? Because sparrow's always running for cover. Right, so God's, God's trying to set us up for some things, but we need to trust him. We need to, under, we need to trust that forever his word is settled in heaven and that he has some things for us. Uh, John chapter 4, um, uh, you could write this down, 31 through 34, uh, disciples was uh, talking to Jesus. And see, Jesus was like an eagle. He saw ahead. But they were, all they could see for a while was in front of them. That's why Jesus would say stuff, and they're like, what are, you, what are Jesus talking about, man? And Jesus would sit them down and go, y'all don't even understand what's going on. And so they would ask Jesus questions. And Jesus would go, see, my meat, this is what he said. Now, my meat is about the father's business, his word, his will. He was like, I'm locked into his will. So I see things different. Even when Peter was like, what do you mean you leave it? Jesus was talking about the future of crucifixion and going up into heaven. And Peter was like, Peter went off on him. What do you mean you leave him? But Peter was thinking about, man, we rock stars. We're, we're famous. We special when you're around. Why would you make us uncomfortable and leave us like that? He was like, see, he said, you savor the things that be of men, not the things that be of God. He said, do you realize the person that's trying to save his life is going to lose it? The person trying to lose his life is going to gain it for my sake? He says, you got to be willing to let go of this natural life so you can take on the supernatural life. You got so it's not saying you're going to forfeit anything. It's saying you're going to gain much more than you're willing to settle for. And what you have can't handle. You have stuff that will make you feel comfortable and popular in the moment, but it won't be able to handle the storms. When the storms come, it's going to wash that stuff away. What, what God has for you can the storms empower it. It gives it more energy. It, it makes it stronger. And so he says, I'm just trying to make an exchange. I'm trying to get some things for you. Uh, Matthew 4, 4, I gave you 31 and 34. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, every guarantee that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. So when it's saying bread alone, bread is a, a source of nourishment. So it's saying the things that naturally nourish us. So it's not just highlighting bread. Jesus was talking. It's not just highlighting bread. It's highlighting whatever nourishes us. Sometimes it's our TV. Sometimes it's our cars or houses. Uh, sometimes it's just shopping, whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's the things, uh, the, the, the vices. It says you can't live by that. But you, you, you want to live by every word, every guarantee that proceeded out of the mouth of God. When I look at uh, Pastor Mel and I's, and our, and, and Pastor Mel and I, right? Pastor Mel and I's life. Is that right? All right, thank you, teachers. All right, so, so, so when I look at that, I look at, you know, and we, we, we talk about this. We have a boot camp every year. Um, we used to be in January. It's in February now. So we do the whole month. We do uh, Pastor Mel and I teach and we teach on our relationships every level of relationship and one of the things that we do even in premarital courtship we tell people it's kind of hard to have a uh 
a marriage that's that's thriving one if you're not in agreement but two if you're not in agreement with a vision it's all like we've always had something to look forward to remove vision the bible says my people perish without vision my people perish right you know why because there's nothing to look forward to so so all you are dealing with is the everyday the here and now so it doesn't mean like everybody has to be arrived in that point what it means is vision like uh, the, the, the Lord had us. It wasn't us. It was the Lord used us. It was a couple. They was almost done. And so we, we're trying to probe. Like what's going on? What's going on? And come to find out it was vision. And then once they started to establish vision together. See it's something. You, every marriage has to have something that we are moving towards. I get. Uh, you know in marriages. One person might want to write a book. The other person might want to be a doctor. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with that. But there should be a covering of vision where you're both moving towards making that vision happen. That's what keeps things uh, alive and thriving and moving. But if it's just like I'm over in my corner as the visionary waiting, well, when, when this gets together, when I finish this, then I'll share. Uh, here she come. Hey, babe, how you doing? <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, she's gone. All right, so I just keep working on this because I'm not going to share this too soon because you're going to ask questions. Ain't nobody trying to hear no questions. Then, you know, if if things don't manifest as quick, it'd be like, well, I thought you said we was going to do this and we're going to do that. Ain't nobody trying to hear all that either. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just work on this by myself. And when it's finished, then I'll share it with her. And it'd be like, bam, I told you what God was going to do. <laughs> Even though I hadn't told you yet, but I was going to tell you. And then that's what God do it. But the challenge with that is, while I'm over here working, and I'm like, man, for some reason I just can't, I'm missing some ingredients. Like, I mean, I see it, it looks clear, but it's taking too long, and she, she look like she antsy too. She be snapping and stuff, and getting a little, like, like it seems like we doing the same thing. We come in the house and do the same thing. Well, let's do something. Let's buy this. Well, I thought that would satisfy us, baby, but it didn't satisfy us. So, all right, let's do this. Well, I thought that would satisfy us. Oh, all I know is something, something missing. And the whole time, I got it right over here. The vision. And the reason why it's not coming together, because it needs her pieces. And that's what keeps things moving. You see what I'm saying? But it starts with the guarantor designed us and created us for something. And there's things that we, there's things that we can enjoy. But they can't, assain, they can't sustain the storms. There's things that will comfort us. Oh, but they ain't ready for the storms. Right? There's things that other people go, man, I ain't never had that, man. You're you doing good, man. You're doing good, man. Listen, I remember, uh, I'll say this. I remember my hometown in New Jersey. Uh, I had got my first brand new car in that year. <laughs> you know, it's it the same year. But I remember uh, people was like, man, you're doing good. Yeah, doing good based on uh, the environment I'm in. And it was a brand new car, but it was like a little, uh, what was it, uh, no, it was a Chevy Spectrum. Y'all probably never even heard of Chevy Spectrum. It was a real little car, you know. Um, but, see, God has so much more. But suppose I was like, yeah, I am doing good, am I? I got this Chevy Spectrum four-cylinder. If, 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 I, if I go past 85, uh, the car may explode. But, you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is it's not about stuff, but what I'm saying is sometimes... 
we're not staying connected with God and reaching for what he wants to do. So there's plenty that can satisfy us, but it doesn't satisfy our impact on the kingdom. See, God just wants us to impact the kingdom. But some of us will be settled for just having our own personal impact. You know, just, do, well, they just have to figure that out on them, their own. I'm good. We good. We good, right? It mean, bang, bang, we good. But they have to, no, 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 that's not how God works. Exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask a thing. God has designed you to pr produce fruit, right? That's what the scripture says, right, in John 15. And the fruit, we, all, we say this at the church all the time. You've never seen an orange tree eat its own oranges. That it produce, it's producing fruit for who? Other people to partake of. It's pulling its nourishment from another source, but it's giving the fruit to another source. Ain't that right? And then when people partake of that fruit, what do they do? They make room for more. But a lot more than that one orange. What, what comes out of that, that branch after that orange is purged is more branches to produce more oranges. So that's what God is trying to do is John 15. You know, we don't have time to go through all of it right now. So, so God is trying to do for us. So we have to stay locked in on his guarantees. In Matthew 8, uh, 8 verses 8 through 11, uh, you know, so Jesus is coming through the town. So, young, uh, so the centurion said, hey, uh, my servant needs healing. She said, no problem. I'll come to your house. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need you to come to my house, man. He said, I just need you to speak the word only. He said, he says, I, I know how this stuff works. He says, I'm a man under authority. I'm submitted to authority. And I have people under me submitting to my authority. You understand that through the military, right? He says, when I say, all the people under me, when I say go, they go. When I say come and they come. You know why? Because the authority I'm under, when they ask me to do something, I'm submitted. So I'm going to receive what I'm given. Right? He says, so I've been watching you. Everything come out your mouth. I'm here to do the will of the Father. The guarantees. Oh, not my will, the will of the Father. My meat, I gave you John chapter 4, is to do the will of the Father. He says, so your whole flow is you're submitted to authority. So I know you have authority over some sickness and disease. Since when God tells you to go, you go. When he tells you to come and you come. When he tells you to do this, you do this, do that, you do that. So I know when you tell sickness, disease to go, it has to go. You're submitted to authority, so I know you have authority. Right? So, so it's a guarantee that if you speak the word, it's going to happen. See, some of us are trying to say things, but we ain't submitted to no authority. Man, uh, obedience is so far away from our lives. When we hear the word, we start to shake, run, Get hives and all types of stuff. Right? But, but our life is supposed to be about obedience. We're supposed to always be submitting to authority so we can have authority. So whatever, what's what we bound on heaven? Binding, bound on earth. Binding earth shall be bound in heaven. What's what we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's guaranteed. Right? So, so, so when, 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 that, when that gentleman says, speak the word only, Jesus, he was like, oh, no, it's guaranteed. Just say it. Uh, the couple that spoke to us, we're not Jesus. I'm just giving you something that actually happened about five weeks ago. The young lady called. Her, uh, her brother was in a coma. And so we said, okay, well, let's pray. She said, no, 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 no. All y'all got to do is speak the word only. We didn't say that. She said that. And so we spoke 
uh, him to come out that coma. Uh, I just spoke to him the other. I just spoke to him the other day while we were out, while we were in Ohio. So he's out of the coma. He's still trying to uh, get all his sight back because he hit his head. But he got, he's out of the coma. Not because we're the healer. We when we spoke, we spoke what Jesus said. By His stripes we are healed. He said He removed sickness from the midst of us. He sent His word to heal us. As Galatians three says He will redeem from the curse of the law, poverty, sickness, and death. So we redeem, rich, healed, and eternally alive, based on what the Scripture says. Right. So we y'all hear us every time we pray. We just gonna pray what the Word says. Now, and, and I'm gonna tell you, if you're wondering what we're thinking, we ain't sitting around thinking it's on us. For that person to be healed because we know we're not healers and I think that's what happens when you go oh, this is on me well it ain't gonna happen because it's got to be on Jesus <laughs> right so, so that's what we be doing and we done after that right each situation we done we, we, hey, we ain't sitting around oh my god if this doesn't happen we're gonna look bad no it doesn't happen Christ's gonna look bad not us because we're not the healer we're not the deliverer we're not supposed to manifest. He is. We got to trust the guarantee, right? And so that's 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 how we've learned to operate. I'm not saying we we we're walking on water, but it it actually has been. Well, you've seen it. It's manifested. It's real. God is God is real. So it's a dangerous. Uh, it's it's dangerous to replace God as your source. So that's why we can't be trying to feed ourselves, cover ourselves, and protect ourselves. God is supposed to be our source. Um. I got a few minutes left, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into all this. Uh, let's go to Romans 1. See if we can wind this down here. That's why Scripture says, lean out to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. But Romans 1, this is, Romans 1 is very interesting Scripture. I know it may, uh, it may make you more responsible to speak the truth and love to people about being born again, especially in this culture of uh, liberalism and compromise. You know, we don't talk politics here, so I'm not, talk not trying to talk it now, but I'm just saying when you read through the word and you believe the word, the word clearly states some things. So uh, I'm not going to get into the whole chapter, but I'll start at verse 20. It says, for the invisible things of him from the, from the creation of the world are clearly seen uh, or being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. So it's saying we can see the guarantee, guarantor and we can recognize the guarantees and we can see, it's clearly seen by the things that created. So if we pay attention to what's around us, we'll see that God is real. Right? Uh, verse 21, it says, because that when they knew God, knew the guarantor as a guarantee, uh, knew the God is a guarantor. They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Remember, we talked about being thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So it's saying that there was a place where, where, where men in creation just knew God. But there, then it came to a place where they started to take him for granted. They weren't thankful. And when it says vain in their imaginations, they start saying, thinking their power and their might got them everything got them their wealth and got them all everything but you know Deuteronomy 8 says is, 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 it is he that gives thee the power to get wealth alright so they, they, they lost sight of God right 
It says in their vows and their fools' heart was dark. Verse 22, it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Right? Professing themselves to be wise, leaning to their own understanding, you know, gloating in themselves. And verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man. So what it's saying, when you start to get vain and you start to uh, lean to your own understanding, you start to conform to this world, you lose sight of God's image on your life, which is, uh, that's that incorruptible side of you, that godly supernatural side of you. When you start to conform to the world, you take on the world and, and the world at its best is corruptible. At its shiniest, at its wealthiest, is corruptible. So it doesn't mean that you can't have things. And a lot of times we go, well, I don't understand. They ain't doing right. They have things here. Is, the, are, is their stuff corruptible or incorruptible? See, a lot of times we're not even looking at it from that angle. See, it doesn't make a difference how long for the devil, long as I can snatch what they have at any moment. And I want to build up more people following them. So when I snatch what they have, I snatch who's connected to them. I'm in no rush to take down the corruptible. I'm in a rush to take down the incorruptible because they're messing up what I want to do in this kingdom, right? And then um, it says, you know, they, they, they turn things into images. Verse 24 says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor, dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed uh, forever. Amen. So they turned the truth into a lie. What God has actually said, what he's guaranteed, they flipped it into it's almost as if it's not guarantees so we got to take these bribes and these other options and they, they turned it into a lie the bible says god is not a man that he should lie right and they worship and serve the creature more than the creator so worship and serve the things man has made versus what god has designed and they started with themselves they worship more of what they've conformed to than what they were created in. Worship to more of what they conform to, to what they were created in. We despise ourselves too much. Like we, we, we look down on ourselves too much. We devalue ourselves or, or what do you, self-deprecate? De de what is it? Self-deprecation? Deprivation? Which one is it? Cation. All right. So we do that a little bit too much. What we're saying is God's truth, his design doesn't have value because they don't accept it or because they're not promoting it or because they're not gloating over it. But God designed it. And so God is saying, so you're not going to use my design because they're not excited or because they're not giving you props. You, you're spending too much time trying to prove to them instead of be you, right? And so, so, so this, this is what this is saying in this scripture. And you have to watch. And so what we start to do when we get vain or when you start to experience corruptible, or I'm going to call it thirsty, the thirsty life, you are tempted to feed yourself. And, and this is the thing. If, if, if you're trying to be your own source of fulfillment, it can cost you your mind. That's why it says he 
turned them over to a reprobate mind, if you keep reading in the scripture, they were vain in their imaginations. You lose your mind if you become your own source of fulfillment. And this is, this is kind of how this happens. You know, we all have been hit in life. You know, we've taken hits, uh, disappointments, betrayals, uh, uh, people uh, misunderstanding us. Uh, storms we just talked about that earlier and it creates a void or a thirst anytime you hit it's going to create a void or a thirst God is not worried about the hit and he's not avoid, uh, worried about the void or the thirst he's concerned with how you decide to quench it right so that thirst is supposed to place a demand on God the guarantor to quench it but what we do is we try to get that thirst quenched with the world it's just like drinking a coca-cola on a hot day it's it's uh, cold, it's wet, uh, it's telling you it's quenching your thirst, but it's dehydrating you. Now, I use Coca-Cola, but you know I could have used beer, right? Any level of alcohol. It dehydrates you. But the whole time, you, 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 you know, with the commercials, they put the, you know, the, all the soda and stuff like that when it's, when it's summertime, right? Telling you, hey, man, get this, man. It's cold outside. Grab one of these. Whether it's alcohol or not alcohol, they tell you to grab it. And the whole time, it's dehydrating you. Psych, you know what I'm saying? So, so, and that's, that, that's what happens, you know, something tells you because it feels like it's quenching your thirst. It's just creating thirst the whole time, right? So we have sought artificial means to temporary feel good, you know, through you know, all types of things, whether it's lust, sex, or what have you. And we became limited to only the temporary um, that could manifest from that as opposed to what the eternal God can manifest. So, so what happens is when we take on the world to quench our thirst, we're going we're gonna to receive something, but it's temporary. It just creates thirst. You know, uh, in my BC days, I did drugs, and I, I, w- I, I wasn't apologetic. So what I tell people is, and I had titles for stuff, so I used to call drugs more. That was my title for all drugs, more. And my friends would be like, why do you call more? I said, because the more you do it, the more you want it. The more you, and, and then you, you want more than you had before. Because what you had before, now your body has created an immunity. Any outside thing from the world that you take in in your body, your body calculates. Your body's a, a master computer. And what it does is it figures out how to function with this foreign object. So, 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 so you can, so at first it's, it's impairing you. But then the body figures out a way to function so now it doesn't have the same effect. So you need more to get the same effect. Then your body figures out a way to create an immunity, then more and more. But the whole time, even though your body figures out how to function, it doesn't figure out how to handle the effects. So the poison is still eating your body alive even though you're, you're functioning normally. And eventually, you crash. It's a setup. It's telling you tolerate this poison. And then you figure out a way to tolerate that, and that, but you need more poison now. And I'm saying poison, drinking, smoking, lust, all these different things, because it impairs your vision. And it says tolerate that, and then you, you tolerate that, but the whole time it's eating you from the inside. And, and that's a, this is not a sermon on whether you're righteous or not. This is a reality. We talk about around here, fight the seed. We need the seed. That, uh, listen, when I wake up in the day, every day I need to know the guarantor is right there. I need to be able to see him. I can't see them when I'm taking on these poisons. That's all it's saying, all right? That's all it's saying. Like, I mean, make your choices the way you need to make your choices, but my job is to give you the targets, right? Yeah, not to force you. You ain't get there yet? What's wrong with you? You 
ratchet. No, nobody can't nobody do that. We I can't determine your process, but I can give you the targets, right? I right, so 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 so. I just give you this. Uh, Lewis shared this uh, when he was teaching from uh, Genesis twenty-two eight. Uh, we've probably read the story before, but we'll we're going to end there. Uh, we're going to end with this. This uh, you can read it for yourself when you get time. But it's it's uh, the story of Abraham, and Abraham was really believing for something like us, and he finally got what he was believing for. Okay, he got what? What he was believing for. But the whole time, God has something he wanted Abraham to have. Abraham just wanted the child. God wanted the nation. So when he got the child, he thought he was getting all he ever needed. But he was getting the seed for what he needed. And so God asked him for the seed. Scripture says, if you come forth bearing precious seed, it says crying. In, in, in uh, Psalm 126 or 127, it says, it says you won't return crying though. It says you'll return in abundance. So he said, he said uh, give me that boy. And I can see Abraham going, wait a minute, I was believing God for something that was impossible. He said, I appreciate you believing for the impossible, but that was just a seed. I, uh, you delighted my, yourself in me and I gave you the desire of your heart. But the desire I needed you to have to get what I want you to really have. And so Abraham decided, okay, I know the guarantor. He has guarantees. He's, I, uh, I, I asked him for something. He did give me this vision of uh, the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. And he told me that's what a nation looked like. I didn't know what it looked like. And so he said, so he walking with his son. His son said, uh, uh, Dad, I know we're going to do a sacrifice like we normally do. He says, I just got one issue. We normally are taking a, a lamb or a turtle dove or ram or something. He said, where's the sacrifice? Abraham responded with this. God will provide. Guarantor. Guarantee. No. He didn't say, hold on a sec. Based on what I'm working. Yeah, we good. We good. I got this. He didn't do that. He didn't look around. He didn't go, hold on. We, before we get there, you know, we're going we gonna to do a little hunting. No, no. He just said, God will provide. Strap the boy up. And now, now, I just got imagination. I know good and well. Isaac wasn't going. <laughs> he, wasn't at the, he wasn't the later on Isaac that, you know, was rolling with God, you know, seeing angels and sowing uh, the same year and receiving a hundredfold. He wasn't that, that Isaac. He was a little boy. Man, you got the, dad, dad, yo, man, let that, I could just see him tripping. But they heard a rustling. See, that's what's happening in your life right now. There's a rustling going on. You sensing something else is kicking in. There's a rustling. Oh, there's a ram in a bush. Well, uh, I was listening to the song this morning. I think it's Ty Tribute or one of them. Uh, and they use with Fred Hammond them late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn it around. And late in the midnight is, a, is it seems like it's insurmountable odds. It seems like it's over. I'm about to lose what was precious, even though it's my best seed. But God showed up with a ram in a bush because a Abraham said something. He got an agreement with God. He told his support, listen, God will provide. Even though this is the most precious thing in my life, I can give it to God and he'll provide. 
And even though this is the most precious thing in my life, I can give it. See, and that's the thing. That's the hard part. That's growing in ministry, the hard part. It's, it, it's, it's the most precious thing. It's what your purpose to do, but you got to be giving it to God the whole time. People kick and scream. People don't agree. People attack. Uh, all times you got to believe God the whole time. I'm not saying that's easy. What I'm saying is you got to trust God will provide. No matter what the situation is, God will provide. Let me hear y'all say that. Like you mean it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's stand on our feet. That's enough for today.